Hey everybody, this is Sully. Let's get started. December 7th, 2022. Where to begin? It has been an extremely rough four days here in Memphis. Following my last update, Tessa's fevers not only continued, but got worse. On Sunday, after Rich left for home, high fevers were constant and spiked at 104.4 degrees. To say we were both scared is an understatement. Even with Tylenol and ice packs, I could not get it to go down. They don't like to use ibuprofen for cancer patients because it can cause platelets to decrease. The day shift doctor in the acute care area told me I was giving her too much Tylenol, a thousand milligrams every four hours, and to decrease it to every six hours. He said to use ice packs instead. We tried doing that, but her temperature remained dangerously high. He told us that because she had received IV antibiotics the previous three days, all her cultures and swabs had come back negative. There wasn't anything more they could do. He advised us to follow up with their clinic on Monday. He told me that since she didn't have any obvious infection, it was likely disease progression, tumor spread, causing the fevers. This was, of course, agonizingly painful to hear. Tessa was feeling awful due to the fevers and was stressed beyond belief as I was. She was also having left-sided pain, which was concerning since her cancer is on the right side. We waited until the night shift doctor to come in on call again. We had seen this doctor the night before and knew she was to be working again on Sunday. After talking with her for a bit, she had us come in to be seen and ultimately admitted her. Thank goodness. Just being impatient calmed Tessa's nerves a bit because she felt safer. Monday, she had a CT scan done, and I was bracing for horrible news. However, her main oncologist here, Dr. Gontrell, came up late afternoon and told us that her main tumor was relatively stable and only perhaps a tiny bit larger. She said that her spleen was enlarged and showed legions. Again, near panic hearing that. But... She suspected that these were from a fungal infection. Fungal infections are not uncommon, I guess, for someone who has had extensive chemo and antibiotics. It would also explain why the antibiotics were not working. They put in a consult for infectious disease and they started her on antifungal medication Monday evening. They said it was indeed a fungal infection. It will take a little while for the medicine to start working. By the end of the night on Monday, Tessa continued to have extremely high fevers and just felt awful. They also had done a sonogram on her spleen on Monday, and it confirmed that she has several lesions that could be infection or worst case, could be tumors. I was awakened by Tessa and her night shift nurse talking and her oxygen saturation alarm showing an O2 saturation in the low 80s. She did not appear to be short of breath, but this was quite concerning. She was also having increased pain on the left side. 
she was started on two liters of oxygen and her saturations improved to the upper 90s. Because of this, they took her for a chest x-ray. The x-ray showed that she had a pleural infusion fluid around her lung, not just on the right side, but also on the left. They gave her some LASIK yesterday and she did get rid of a significant amount of fluid. But as of right now, she is still on a low level oxygen. Her saturations are fine until she gets up and they do still drop. The day nurse coming on, who had been her nurse on Monday, was so concerned she called a type of rapid response for suspected septus. She was seen by several people, including an ICU doctor. The plan was to give platelets, blood, and LASIK. They also ordered an abdominal and pelvic CT to see if there were lesions anywhere else. Those results showed that her spleen is enlarged and she does also have lesions in her liver, which is likely causing the abdominal bloating. She has some free air and fluid in her abdomen as well. Her oncologists and infection disease say these still appear to be most likely a fungal infection and not tumor progression. If you are the praying type, please pause here and say a prayer right now. That is the case. They talked about doing a biopsy so we would know for sure, but then decided to wait to see if the antifungal medicine works before doing that. If it does, they will scan again to see the progress. Last night was the first night since Wednesday that she did not have a fever. I was so used to seeing her with bright red cheeks and a heart rate from the fevers that when I woke up around 2 a.m. and saw that her heart rate was in the 60s and felt cool as a cucumber, I was indescribably happy. They had been giving her scheduled Tylenol, but even with that, this was the first time she had went any sustained amount of time without a high fever. This is all so encouraging that it is indeed a fungal infection. She is feeling better today than she has since last Wednesday. Of course, the whole reason for us being in Memphis was to start the CAR-T trial, and that is obviously on hold. If this tells you anything about Tessa, when the fever started, she kept saying, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. I was supposed to stay healthy to do the trial, and I messed everything up. We were the ones who were sorry watching her go through this. It is such a devastating thing to watch helplessly as your child struggles and is miserable. Please pray that they have found the culprit and she will begin to feel better each day. The fact that her ANC was not high enough to start the trial last Wednesday, while disappointing at the time, was instead an incredible blessing. Her doctor told us that if they had gone ahead and gave her the chemo to knock her counts down, while she still had this underlying infection, it may well have been fatal. I would like to thank Grace, the nurse she had Monday and Tuesday on the fifth floor here, and the nurse and doctor from the acute care center Sunday night. They were truly godsends. 